0: Welcome to The Happy Writer. This is a podcast that aims to bring readers more books to enjoy and to help authors find more joy in their writing. I am your host, Marissa Meyer. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you haven't done so yet, please do go fill out the survey. Uh, you can find it at marissameyer.com podcast. Uh, I'm going to be using all of your input and answers to help me uh, decide how I can make this podcast better for you guys. One thing that is making me happy this week is that evidently my voice is the color of bright fuchsia pink with a little bit of coral mixed into it, Uh, at least according to one reader that I met recently who has synesthesia, um, which is a phenomenon I've very recently come to learn about uh, in which some people have a a sensory experience based on different types of stimulation. Um, And there's lots of different... Things that, that can mean and ways it can present itself. Uh, for this reader, she sees sounds as various colors. Uh, and so she heard me speaking and actually made a beautiful little piece of art um, out of the, using the colors of my voice, which is one of the most interesting and unique gifts that I've ever gotten from a reader. And I thought that was really cool and so interesting. Um, I'll post a picture of it on Instagram if you would like to see the color of Marissa Meyer's voice. Um, and of course, something that is making me very happy today is to get to talk to today's guest. She is happens to be one of the guests that, when I asked you guys, who do you want me to have on the show, she was at the top of your request list. Uh, so I'm guessing a lot of you are going to be really happy to hear from her as well. Um, she is the author of the very popular number one best-selling Caraval trilogy, uh, which includes Caraval, Legendary, and book three, Finale, which just came out in paperback last week. Uh, And I know you all want to hear what she is working on next. I will do my best to get her to give up some secrets. Uh, (laughs) Please welcome to the show Stephanie Garber.
1: Hello. I'm just laughing so hard about the secret. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to try, Stephanie. I'm going to try. <laughs> How are you? Oh my gosh.
1: I am so good. And I'm, I'm so excited to be here. And I just loved your introduction. Um, I loved hearing about the synesthesia and your voice um, because I think synesthesia is one of the most fast. I have it. I don't have one of the really cool kinds where I see colors, but I do have a form of synesthesia and I think it's all so fascinating.
0: I had uh, no idea. I know that in your, in um, Caraval, Scarlet kind of has a form of synesthesia, which is why I thought it would be really an appropriate thing for me to talk about for my happy thing today. Uh, I didn't know that you have it too. What is, what do you, how do you have synesthesia? Yeah. Okay. I always forget the name and I actually didn't
1: know until I wrote Scarlet, and then I started looking into synesthesia I have, I want to say it's called, it's something, it has the word spatial in it. It's how I see like um, the, I'm trying to do hand motions, but that's really not going to work on a podcast. (laughs) Um, I see the calendar as like, I have two calendars in my head that are like fixed locations in time. Like there's a year calendar and it is like the way I visually see it as like a fixed location, like all the years of history. And then like the yearly calendar is like this oval in my head. So every date has like a fixed location in time, in like space, not in time. So it's like, I see, and it's like, I forget, but it, it's, it, it is a form of synesthesia, which I'll take it. Um, yeah. And so, it, yeah.
0: So I'm, I'm trying to visualize your oval. Are all of the dates like in order around the oval or are they like kind of scattered randomly? So the oval
1: is like the months. So it's like December is always at the bottom. It's like December is like the bottom, like it would be like six on a clock. Um, and then January is to the left of it and it goes up circular from there, like clockwise. So January for some reason is like seven o'clock, um, (laughs) on it. And then the, then the dates are like inside of, The the dates are like normal calendar wise inside of the square that is like January, February and so on. But my months are very like, it moves along in this like weird oval. Yeah.
0: So cool. I was surprised. So getting ready um, for this podcast when I knew that I was going to have you on and you're of course so popular and so beloved. And so I actually solicited questions from readers um, before talking to you, which is the first time I've done that for this podcast. So that was kind of fun. Um, but I was surprised how many of the the readers wanted to know about uh, Scarlet and her synesthesia. It came up a lot in the questions. Um, is that is your having it kind of what inspired Scarlet? Wow. Okay, that's so fascinating that it came up so
1: much. Um, I you know it was one of the first things I knew about Scarlet as a character when I started writing. Um, what's the second chapter in Caraval? Because I was. I was just thinking, I I don't know if it came up from mine because I didn't know I had synesthesia until after I wrote Scarlet, but it was just the idea. Yeah, I didn't know. And then I looked it up and I was like, wow, there's so many types of synesthesia. This is so fun. Um, And when I looked, um, when I was creating Scarlet, like she wanted to go to Caraval so much. And, you know, I was just thinking about like those things that we want. Like those things that we want, that actually, you know, the things that would bring us the most joy, like going to Disneyland or, you know, traveling to Europe or whatever that big, big heart want is. And I was just thinking that like, she wanted it so much. She saw her feelings and colors. Like it was just these bright pops of color where she like, that was the best way to express it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a word that she could put the emotion to. It was like her feelings were just like bursting kind of like fireworks.
0: That is so cool. I really, I mean, I loved reading that about her and the descriptions that you use to tie color to emotion. Like, I, I, I'd never seen that before, but it felt so real and kind of uh, brought the setting to life through her experiences so strongly. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and now I feel like we've kind of jumped the gun. Um, oh <laughs> sorry. <laughs> We just kind of got on a tangent already. Um, For readers who uh, aren't familiar, could you please, why don't you tell us, what is this series about? Oh, okay. Um, So the Caraval series starts with Caraval, which is
1: the first book, and it is about two sisters who um, grew up on a secluded island um, under kind of a tyrannical father, and they've always wanted to attend Caraval, which is a once a year traveling show um, and it's shrouded in mystery. So they know it goes to a different place every year and it's said to be magical, but some people say it's not really magical. It's just an illusion. um, And it's sort of this like game. And when you enter Caraval, you're told that everything is just a game. Like, don't get swept too far away. Um, But then as my characters get to participate in Caraval, they begin to wonder if it is just a game or if it is real because the entire game is also trying to convince you it's real. Um, So when I wrote the book, like... I, my best way to describe it um, is I wanted it to feel like a Boz Lerman movie meets a Florence and the Machine song. <laughs> so <laughs> it's very colorful and descriptive, um, slightly over the top. And um, there's a sister story and lots of romance and magic. Um, so there are is the first book, um, and it follows one sister. legendary is the sequel. it follows another sister um, and then finale brings both sisters like the completion of both of their stories.
0: I'm glad you bring up this idea that um, you wanted it to feel kind of over the top as far as the imagery goes um, because it is I mean it's so lush. It's one of those books that just kind of envelops you with the details that you put in. Um, and so I love hearing that that was something you're uh, really going after very intentionally. Um, and and actually one of the, the questions that I received um, from on Instagram, Ray2A, um, they actually wanted to know what are some of your tips for creating such vivid imagery?
1: Ooh. Um, so it was so funny because when I first wrote Caraval, I thought I was being really descriptive and I signed with an agent and she's like, oh no, you need to take this further. Um, and I, the thing that really, really helped me the most, I feel like this isn't going to be like anything super secretive or inventive is Pinterest. Mm. Uh, Do you use Pinterest very much? I love Pinterest. Yes. Yeah. I feel like One, it's my favorite thing because it doesn't feel like working when you're pinning just beautiful images. Um, But two, it's so helpful for me to visualize. Um, So I will spend, I'll spend a lot of time just scouring Pinterest. um, And a lot of, if you look at my Pinterest boards, you'll see a lot of images from the books. Um, So that really helps me. And then I think also just kind of having, like, I like to start, you know, with not just being like this is the book what I'm writing, like this is what it's about, like a game. I like to write like these are the feelings I want to achieve. So with Caraval, it really, like I did, I did tell myself I wanted something that was over the top. I wanted something super descriptive, so that I kind of was giving myself the permission to lean into it. Um, and so when I would write anything, I took it a little further than I thought I needed to go, um, because I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in like, oh, this is how you're supposed to write, and some people don't like adjectives, which is very valid for those people if they don't like them. But I wanted to give myself permission to like really go there with the descriptions. Um, And so Pinterest was really helpful. Um, And then I think also just reading other descriptive books, like The Night Circus, um, another series I read right before, Mm -hmm. or as I was reading Caraval, um, I think I'd read it before and then I reread it, was The Splintered series by A.G. Howard, um, which is such a fun Alice in Wonderland retelling and her descriptions are really, really great. So I think for me, it's like seeing how other people do it. Um, like I feel like I constantly need to be reading or I forget how to write.
0: So, um, those are some of my tips. I love you brought up Alice and um, A.G. Howard series because I got some pretty intense Alice vibes from Caraval um, to the point where I started almost like having this like fan crossover in my head. And it was like, you know, legend could be the Hatter and, Ooh. you know, <laughs> Scarlet could be Alice and she's chasing after her sister, the White Rabbit, um, which could just be because I, I have like been surrounded with Alice in Wonderland my whole life. Um, was, was Alice, did Alice play a role at all in the creation of this? Or is that like just me? I love Alice. So I,
1: I don't think it was like, it wasn't one of my intentional, like things that I like put a pin in it. And I was like, I'm going for this, but I definitely like you. Like I, I love Alice. I loved Heartless. I love the world you created there and the way you just like dove into all these things. Um. And so I would think like I was definitely influenced by my love of just like this, you know, falling into a world where the flowers talk and, um, (laughs) you can eat, you know, I think like, you know, drink me bottles and eat me and all of those things. I think that, I think that's probably just ingrained in me is like, make it all, make everything just a little Alice in Wonderland, but it wasn't, it wasn't maybe intentional, but it's probably definitely like just so much a part of like the things I love that it can't help but feed into what I'm doing.
0: Of course. No. And I think that Caraval, like this idea that, you know, the characters kind of get swept away in this very whimsical, but not necessarily benevolent world. Uh, (laughs) It just had like a lot of that, that kind of Wonderland, the dark underbelly of Wonderland vibes for me, um, which I, loved. Uh, and I so want to go look at your Pinterest boards because I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of crossover between Caravelle and Heartless Pinterest pins now. Ooh,
1: now I need to, I don't think I've ever seen the Heartless board, but I, I can imagine I would love it. We can
0: compare notes. <laughs> Do you have a Pinterest board started for your next book already? Or is that something you're kind of building? You know what? I started it
1: before um, I started writing this next book. So I like, as I was writing finale, um, I had like a Pinterest board, a private board that I just labeled miscellaneous. And I just put anything I liked in the board. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) I have one of those too. Yep.
1: (laughs) And so I started collecting ideas for it and I haven't like separated the ideas I've used for this book. I probably need to do that, but there are definitely like certain things that were like hugely inspirational, like one image in particular of this dude which I'm like super tempted to share with everyone cuz I just think it's such a great image. Do it. Do I, I, it. <laughs> maybe I will. Um so yeah, so I it's not like an official board yet, but I know I have a collection of images that I've just been kind of like putting in there. Like I don't know if you do anything like this, but it's like when I'm like finishing up another project, I just start collecting ideas for the next one. And until they kind of like, I think of it almost like um, like cooking jam, like they they simmer down into something, you know? So like you just keep collecting and collecting and some burn off and, you know, some like go to form this like really sweet, awesome substance.
0: Yeah, I have never thought of it as making jam. But that, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense to me though, because it is it very much this idea of simmering, you're just kind of putting things in a pot and letting them simmer until, you know, you, you get to a place where now I can do something with this. Yeah. But, but okay. Well, I was hoping to trick you into answering and giving us like your Pinterest account info that we could all go see the next book ideas. Okay, one uh, question that I received um, from Simply Mare Bear uh, is it if you were going to Caraval, would you want to be a player or a watcher?
1: You know what's interesting? I feel like my answers changed since I first wrote Caraval. Um, when Caraval first came out um, like three years ago, um, I I've definitely said watcher, but i feel like i've kind of become less fearful and less adventure and more adventurous cuz i feel like publishing kind of requires you get rid of a lot of your fears. <laughs> and so i definitely think right now i would want to play. like i think i would i would want to play. i would want to like go full in on the game whereas like a couple years ago i would have definitely been like oh no. i'm just watching. i'm going to eat all the food. i'm going to buy the pretty dresses and just like sit back and let you all mess up your minds. <laughs>
0: I love that you just compared publishing to, like, maybe getting swept up in this game in which people may or may not be trying to kill you and your family. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of parallels there. Right? (laughs) Would you play? Would you play or would you just watch? No, I would absolutely play. Um, I think that halfway through the game, I might regret that decision um, to play because, you know, it is, you really put them through a lot. Um, but, but I'm, I, I like experiences. I think that if I didn't do it when I had the opportunity, then I would regret not doing it. And being writers, you never know where, you know, and what could inspire a new story. So... Very true. And I could see, picture you there. Like whenever I see you, I feel like you have like the cutest dresses. Like they're very
1: Alice in Wonderland to me. Very Alice. <laughs> so I feel like I could totally see you with your dresses and your awesome nails, just like going into Caraval. But everyone would probably think you're a performer. Like, they'd be like going to try and get secrets from you and seeing if you have clues and you could throw them all off their game.
0: There you go. Maybe I don't want to be a watcher or a player. Maybe I want to be part of the performance. Ooh, That wasn't one of the options, but I think it should be. <laughs> what, one thing that I, that caught my eye, because um, I always read acknowledgements. I'm an acknowledgements page reader. In the acknowledgements, I think for the first book, uh, you said, quote, before I finished this book, I'd been confronted with every reason to give up on writing. Um, which I thought was interesting, and you're very vague about it. You don't really go into details, and I was curious what what happened. <laughs> oh man, oh gosh! I, I'm
1: like, I don't even remember writing that, but it feels like so true because it is. Um, I think you know, there's like two parts of the journey. There's like the part when I was younger, and I won't go into that one as much. But when I was younger, um, I I was not. I did not do well in English classes. Um, in fact, like, I remember I actually got kicked out of an English class my senior <laughs> year in high school. Like, I, I didn't go to class. kicked out of an English class? <laughs> Man, but I didn't go to school one day. I, I missed a lot of school, and my friends told me, they were like, hey, I don't remember the name of the teacher, but she told us to tell you just not to bother coming back to class, um, and you need to find a new class, so <laughs> I had gotten kicked out of that class, um. And I was told a lot just, like, um, when I was younger that my papers were always confusing and um, people had a hard time following me. So it wasn't, like, I, I didn't know how to revise. Like, I didn't know how to take something and turn it into something that was readable. Um, but I loved writing. And then in my, my senior year in high school, I tried to, like, do my senior project on how to write a children's book and how to get published. And, um, this was in the nineties and I couldn't figure out how to get published. I, there, you know, it was, there was no information on the internet. The internet, I don't even think was a tool that I used. It was like Mm -hmm. card catalogs and libraries and no one at my school, like the mentor I had didn't know anything about publishing. Um, so I kind of, I, I did very poorly on that project. And I also felt like publishing was this impossible world. Um, and I didn't want to pursue it. And then Fast forward uh, 10 years later, um, I read Twilight and fell back in love with fiction. Um, And I just started devouring YA books. And then I decided to start writing. And I wasn't even writing trying to get published. But as soon as I started writing, I just became obsessed. And I would write like four hours a day. Um, Whenever I wasn't working, I was just writing. And... It became like, I called it my hobby that got out of control because I decided initially, I was like, I want to try to get published so that I can keep writing. It was just like, I just want to do this. Like, this is really what I've wanted to do my whole life. Um, And so I ended up, I had this job and it was not a good job for me. I was a resident director at a college and I'm way too introverted for a job like that. Um, and I didn't know it at the time, but so I quit the job and I had asked my parents if I could, um, move back in with them and pursue writing. And they were like, oddly, like super supportive of this idea. And we also like, but I still, you know, knew nothing about publishing. I was just like, well, I think I'd read this like Anne Lamott book, Bird by Bird. And she was like, if you write the book, then you'll get it published. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to write the book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just like that. <laughs> yeah. And so I moved home and I'm an optimist. And I was like, I'll write the book. And you know, like, I just, I don't know. I had this very optimistic mindset. I also thought publishing worked really fast. And so I was like, within a year, you know, either this will happen or it won't. Um, and I wrote the book and it was, oh gosh, over a hundred rejections from agents mm. and not a single request. Like, not a single request. And this is um, for Caravelle? No, this was for my first okay. book that I wrote. Okay. And I did everything that you weren't supposed to do. I wrote the first book, which was, like, a good 120,000 words. And in, like, 2009, like, why novels weren't supposed to be that long. And I wrote the whole trilogy. Okay. <laughs> mm. Sorry, I wrote this whole trilogy of books. I didn't get a single request. I queried probably every single agent in the business. And amazingly enough, my parents were like, you know, that's okay. Maybe you should just write another. So I had like my super supportive family and I wrote another, I wrote another book and just got numerous rejections again and again. Um, And I did this for several years. So Caraval was actually the sixth book that I'd written. Mm. And um, I'd had just so many rejections. And I remember you know, and there were a lot of like positive things that happened. And then like, in the meantime, somehow I started, like, I got a job as an adjunct at a college teaching creative writing. So I wasn't like completely unemployed, but if you know anything about adjunct pay, not enough to live on. And, um, so I had this job, but I, my writing just wasn't getting anywhere. And, um, I had gotten an agent with the fifth book I had written and it wasn't, it was one of those, you know, a lot of people who've had first agents and haven't had great experiences. It was one of those situations, but I still had an agent. And so I was like, you know, it gave me hope. And then a week after finishing Caraval, she left the business. Mm. And at this point I had been like with my parents for, I want to say five and a half years, you know, living with my parents, I'm in my thirties, I'm writing fantasy novels. Everyone they knew was questioning their choices and letting me be there. <laughs> I was questioning my choices. <laughs> and, um, and I remember just like a couple weeks after um, that agent left the business and I was revising Caravelle and my mom was just like, she came up to me and she was like, Stephanie, it might be time to face it, like that you're just not going to make it as a writer. Um, and I was so crushed. I was so crushed and I remember calling my critique partner and she was just like, I think, you know, your, um, your mom just didn't want to see you go through rejection anymore. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like, you know, my parents had given up. It was just, you know, it was getting so hard on me. Like I love, I love writing. I loved it then. And I love it now. I love storytelling. And I just had felt like as I was doing it, that this is what I was made to do but I was not getting any confirmation (laughs) and I've been going at it so long. And I think in our society, it's very much like, if this is meant to be, it should be easy and it shouldn't take five years to do. And there's all these things like, you know, um, that it's just kind of where like, and so the fact that it was such a struggle for me made it seem impossible, I think to a lot of people and even to me, but I just couldn't give up. I could not give up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with Caraval, like I revised the book and I I hired a freelance editor just to look at the first 50 pages. Um, because a friend suggested it. And Caraval starts off with, you know, these letters and um and I just wanted to do like the best. And so um it worked out with Caraval meantime. Like I ended up getting an agent and it was all great, but before then it was like bad agent experiences. Hundreds of rejections, mm-hmm. and some were really, really cool. Really, really cruel. <laughs> Not really, really cool. Um, <laughs> like, cool, cruel. Like, yeah, oh, like no. you know. No, yeah, and I wasn't. You know, I wasn't a writer who got praised when I was in high school. I wasn't a model student. I wasn't any of those things that gave any reason to think I should be a success in this field. Um, and so it was. It was a lot, and I. I mean, just looking back, I'm just so, so thankful. I still don't know how it all worked out. And
0: I'm really thankful. And look at you now. Look how it all worked out. It's amazing. It is.
1: No, and is. I, I
0: can imagine I, so many aspiring writers must hear that story. And you, you're like this beacon of hope. It's a really great story. I mean, sad, and I'm sorry that you went through so much hardship. <laughs> um, but, but you know, I, I love that you stuck with it, that you didn't give up. Thank
1: you. Thank you. And you know what? I really, like, like, and I'm very thankful for it now. I don't know if you feel this way, like, with your career, but I feel like when I was, like, since getting published, it's it's still really hard um, and I feel like the querying process and the process to get published gave me the strength to like not just continue to go as a writer but like to work my hardest in publishing because mm-hmm. I felt like I felt like I I had conquered the mountain and so whenever I get confronted with another one like a second book that has to be rewritten four times I'm like I can do it I can do this I have already done it I and so it gives me confidence that I can keep going and it keeps me from, you know, settling or giving up. Can you relate mm-hmm. to that?
0: Absolutely. All? Absolutely. I mean, I don't, my path to publication, um, was, was fairly quick and easy, um, especially compared to yours. Now that I've heard <laughs> yours. Um, but of course, I, you know, I have had books that required many, many, many revisions and under extremely tight deadlines. And you know that that struggle um and so now that i've gotten through some of those whenever the writing gets tough i can look back and be like you know you've been here before marissa you accomplished this you can do it again uh so it does kind of you know put some air under your wings yeah i think it i mean i think you're going to have those difficult times whether it's before or after publication so i think like you know, it can be good either way. <laughs> yeah, no, that actually sticks perfectly um, into another reader question. Um, Ebbs221 asks, what helps you continue writing through the hard days? I
1: think, you know, a lot of knowing that I feel like I've, I've gone through a lot of difficult things and knowing that I can do it. I think too, I really believe like publishing is, is a long game. Um, I feel like I like looking at writers like you, who it's just like, you just keep going and you keep writing more and more and more books. And it's not just like you write one book and then stop. Um, and so I feel like just knowing that it's like, you just keep going like anything. I don't know if that makes any sense, but just the idea that it's not like you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. You're just kind of continue. It's just a decision. Like I'm going to keep going. Like it's not so much a choice. Um, I don't, okay. I feel like I'm doing a bad job describing this. I kind of, no, I
0: think you're doing great. It makes okay. perfect sense to me.
1: Like for me publishing, I didn't have a plan B. Um, like by the time that I had been like writing at my parents, I, I graduated from college. I graduated from grad school, but like my resume was out of date. Um, I had just left that career behind. So it was like if publishing didn't work out. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I And for me, like not having a plan B, like putting everything into it is it, it works for me Um, because I feel like sometimes if I'm kind of hedging my bets, I'm not going all in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that helps. And then I think also just like my, I love writing, like I love it. And so even like if the writing is difficult um, there, I'll, I'll dive into a book and remind myself why I love writing so so much um and so I think like I really I always tell people like if you don't love writing don't do it (laughs) it's not it's not you know it's so hard but if you love writing like and I just do and I feel like I just find so much joy from that um and then also just like I like my faith is an important part of my life and it plays into my writing and how I see that so that also helps helps me too because I kind of have the belief that like everything happens for a reason. Um, so I, I never, I never feel doomed. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I love that you say that. Cause I also just love writing. Um, I get a lot of joy and satisfaction out of it. Um, and which is not, of course, to say that it isn't hard, of course, it is that we all have bad days. Um, so you wrote six books, um, Caraval gets published into your career. Uh, how do you feel like you've, you've changed as a writer now, um, you published and, and had some success with it? Oh, um, I feel like, okay, it's gonna, I feel like I've learned how
1: to write a book. Does <laughs> that make sense? Like I, I, i was just thinking, um, about like, I just finished, um, well not just finished. I'm revising, I'm revising my next book and it's mostly done. And I feel like with this book, I kind of knew, I kind of learned my process and how to write a book. Like, I feel like I'm going to always be learning. Like I, I think writing a book is such a big process. Like I don't imagine I'll ever feel like I've learned everything and that doesn't even sound fun. But I feel like when I wrote Caraval, um, I kind of didn't know what I was doing. Um, even though it was my sixth book, like I'd never had a book that had gone all the way through edits, you know, I had never like completed the race. Um, and so like with the Caraval series and finishing the whole trilogy, I feel like I learned, I learned a lot about like my process and what does work and what doesn't work. Um, so like with Caraval, I kind of pantsed it, um, with legendary I tried the same thing and it was an epic failure and I had to rewrite that book four times um, and then with finale I figured out kind of my how to plot in a way that works for me um, which is kind of a hybrid of a lot of things that I've learned over the past 10 years um, and and so I feel like I found my rhythm in how I how I work best creatively um, and I don't I don't I does that make any sense? Um yeah. I feel like it's terrible answer. I'm like what have I learned? I don't know. I think it changes <laughs> it ta- it changes so much, you know. I think I've I think, you know, there's things that you do and it just for me it's like I learn the most from my mistakes. Like if I get something right the first time, I haven't necessarily learned anything. I've just been lucky. Um but if I've made a mistake and then I learn how to fix it, I feel like um I feel like that's how I grow and like the Caraval series legendary was such a hard book for me to write. And I made so many mistakes and, and it also taught me so much Mm -hmm. about what works best for me in terms of like process and also like what I kind of need to know when I write a novel and what I don't need to know. Cause I think Caraval, I wrote most months. um, And it was a very, it was a process I haven't been able to replicate in terms of quickness. <laughs> and I feel like really lucky with that book. Um, and since then, I, I've kind of learned how I did that book. Um, whereas that first time, I just kind of did it. If that, does that make any sense at all?
0: Yeah, no. And, and I mean, I think you're right that every book kind of comes with its own challenges. So just because you've learned something with a previous book, whether or not you'll be able to apply that to the next book is debatable sometimes. Yeah. Um, but but at the same time I and mean, I feel similarly how I, I do think that I'm kind of growing and with every book I I tweak my process a little bit um to where just overall I, I become a more confident author. Um which is kind of how I'm interpreting what you're saying as well. Okay. Yeah. Do you use the same process, like roughly the same process for each of your books or does it change every roughly time? Roughly the same. Um, it, it does change based on the book, but uh, the, the big steps remain the same. Um, brainstorm, outline, deeper outline, quick first draft, revise uh, is kind of how the, the, the very uh, Cliff's Notes version of how I read yeah. a book. <laughs> Well, and one
1: thing, okay, this might be like a a more helpful thing to listeners is one of the things I learned. So the book, I just, the book I'm revising right now, um, after the Caraval series, um, after I finished that, like my publisher, you know, bought two more books for me. And when I discussed my idea for the next book with my editor, um, she was all for it. And then I went to work on it for about two months and it it didn't feel right. And then one morning I woke up and there was this other idea. I had been trying to make work for like two years and I hadn't even been thinking of it. And it just magically like, or it felt magical at the Mm -hmm. time I woke up and I had the whole idea. Like it was just there. And it felt like this thing that was just like, Oh, it came to me. But then upon reflecting on it, I realized that I think the way my brain actually works is I will collect ideas And I will collect, you know, my Pinterest board and let it all simmer. But then I'll also have like a seed of an idea and I'll have notebooks and I'll just rewrite part of it over and over and over and over and over because like I'll get stuck and I'll hit a wall. Um, and then, you know, uh, eventually like it just comes to me. But what I think it is is that when I collect enough ideas and I look at them enough, it's almost like I've solving a puzzle. Mm -hmm. So I think the way I see it is like it's, it's kind of like a, the way I'll brainstorm is I just collect, I'll collect. And then one day the pattern between ideas kind of presents itself. So it's like, I won't know how to tell this story. I'll just have all these separate ideas that kind of seem unrelated or some seem related and I don't know how to make them connect. And then suddenly I'll be able to see the pattern. So it's really like connecting ideas and throwing out pieces until like a concrete map pattern Forms, mm-hmm. um, but for a while, like I didn't realize that that's what I do until this book. And I think, like with Legendary, I didn't do that enough. I drove into the idea before really having like a solid framework for myself. Um, and with Caraval, I I had sat with the idea long enough so that I was able just to write it pretty quickly. Um, but I think you know it's it's collecting a lot of ideas until a pattern forms, which yeah. may not help anyone. <laughs>
0: No, I think it's great advice. It's funny. I actually very recently did, um, an virtual seminar all about kind of where ideas come from and the, the kind of brain science behind where we get our ideas. Uh, we're always gathering, you know, information and, and data and inspiration. Uh, and it goes into this big pool in our brains. Uh, and then like, one day the two synapses form and boom, you get this new idea. And it seems very magical, like you say, yeah. um, but it's, it's kind of based on you know, this, this time period of things melding and connecting in your brain that you're just not aware of because it's all happening kind of in your subconscious yes yeah. yeah right the brain is fascinating it is it is and it gives us
1: like more reason to even just like spend time on pinterest binge yes. watch tv shows
0: <laughs> read more read books. books yeah, yeah. <laughs> go to disneyland yes <laughs> uh, um, okay uh last question reader question um it's actually not so much a question uh as a statement but Soneni wants you to have a Caraval-themed fan event with costumes and riddles and games. I would love that. And I, I would also to- love that. I'm oh. seconding this idea, which is why I'm bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I've, you
1: know, I've talked about that um, to different people at different times. Um, I'm, I think my editor and I have had this conversation many times. I feel like I would love to do that. I Um, especially in my old job, in my, in another life, I was a, I planned a lot of events Mm -hmm. (laughs) and a lot, and quite a few did have costumes involved. Um, so I am all for the costumes. I'm all for themes. I'm all for anything themed or party. Um, so I'd love to make that happen at some point in my, um, and my book launches. Usually I do my book launches in Roseville California and the Barnes and Noble there is great, and we'll usually do some sort of game like this last one. I hid apples, glittery apples, all over the store, um, and you had to. They all had clues, and if you found the right person, you'd get a prize. Um, and like, so not that elaborate, but I usually do like some sort of game there. But I'd love to take it, like, make it a real carnival party.
0: That would be so cool. It would be epic if it ever happens. I want my invitation. Okay. You could be one of the performers. Okay. Perfect. I, I also, any excuse to wear a costume. I will yeah. always wear a costume. Um, okay. And then everybody, I'd say probably about 30% of the questions that I got, people want to know what is your rumor project, your <laughs> <next> <laughs> project. Can you tell us anything? I can't. <laughs> Dang, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Oh, all. I can oh. just, for anyone who
1: hasn't heard of the rumor project, um, you can go to my Instagram. There's like a same story on there. And then there's a post where um, in the finale paperback, in the back of it, there's like a rumor page um, mm. with all the rumors. I With all the rumors about the project and uh, <laughs> which... I will say this that page fits with the book. Um, and a lot of the rumors came because people just kept telling me all these things they'd heard I was writing. Um, I <laughs> there was even like on a on a um, it was I don't want to another publisher had written in one of their books, like on their Edelweiss page, they'd been like, We know Stephanie Garber's next project is XYZ, which <gasps> um, yeah, I was like and i had this was before i'd even decided on what i was writing so i didn't even know what i was writing and i thought this was hilarious and so it's like things like that and i threw all the rumors in this um rumor page and one of them one of them for sure is true so oh. i can tell you that one really you know, one really is true. I just can't tell you which one.
0: <laughs> I love that. It's what like it its own little game. <laughs> it is. It is. I, I like wrote this sheet up for my editor and I was like, can we put this in finale? That is so clever. Okay, readers, go get your, your paperback of finale and <laughs> you'll have <laughs> one idea of many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, Stephanie, we are going to wrap this up with the Happy Writer Lightning Round. Ooh! First question, what book makes you happy? Um, okay, the first thing that jumped to mind
1: was Twilight because Stephanie Meyer just like put up an announcement on her website. Uh, well, not an announcement, just like a countdown clock. So I'm very happy about that and all things Twilight.
0: What do you do to celebrate an accomplishment? ice cream. How do you fill the creative well?
1: Uh, Reading, reading a lot, um, going on walks, watching TV shows, um, also talking to my friends about writing and books. I love talking about writing and books.
0: What advice would you give to help someone become a happier writer?
1: I would say write the story you want to read. Um, Don't think about publishing. Don't think about the market. Definitely don't think about um, any of the critical voices in your head as you're writing. Just write the story you want to read.
0: And lastly, where can people find you?
1: Um, I I am mostly on Instagram. So I'm Stephanie underscore Garber on Instagram. I'm I'm on there a lot, like I'm pretty responsive. Um, so Instagram is usually the best place. I'm also on Twitter at SGarberGirl, although I'm currently like logged out of my Twitter account. Um, and so I, I may not see anything on there for a while, but um I usually pop back on there from time to time. And then I also have a website that I try to update. Um, and I'm like, what is my website? (laughs) I think it's
0: stephaniegarverauthor.com.
1: You think? I think. (laughs) Let's hope so.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today, Stephanie. This was so fun to talk to you.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. And it's just like, it's brought me
0: so much joy. It makes me feel like a very happy writer. That's my goal. I'm so happy to hear it uh readers definitely check out the caraval trilogy if you haven't already uh now more than ever if you can support your local indie bookstore we encourage you to do so please subscribe to this podcast so you will always be in the know about new episodes you can also find me on instagram at marissa meyer author until next time stay healthy and cozy out there in your bunkers and whatever life throws at you today i do hope that now you like me and Stephanie, are now feeling a little bit happy.